Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. There is a useful way to get your attitude right for the right situation. I'll give the analogy of a gear stick or a manual car, but it can be substituted for analogies of an elevator or anything else that has different levels. Basically, this is where you alter your attitude at different intensities. Because different settings require different levels of intensity, it pays to regulate yourself. Or the other use is to get you step by step up to the desired powerful alpha dude level that you need to be if you're finding yourself in a slump. First, imagine the potential for you to really, really enjoy and own the experience. Imagine how cool it will be, what success you will achieve, and all the other positive things that you could achieve if you were the alpha dude for a situation. Imagine the negative consequences for not following through. Imagine the pain and negative self-talk that you will have for the rest of the day, all because you didn't follow through. Now take on the real possibility that you could actually be the fulfillment of your potential. After all, you have the potential, you have the skills, and you, like others who have done it before you, can actually transform, capture this state, make it real and rememberable. Call this neutral, ground floor, or ready to go. The idea is to take on the alpha dude attitude. Everything that I'm going to talk about makes it reflect a mental picture of yourself with all of the qualities that you need. Using the principles, think in your mind's eye about how you will act and interact with others powerfully and as you want, that you own the situation, that you are running the universe, that this is you. Make this state real to you and label it as level one or first gear. Next gears are all basically the same. It's based on turning up the intensity. For level three, make your mental image of yourself 10 feet tall, powerful, colorful, bright, moving close up. Level four, entail adding an extra 10 feet again, becoming more and more powerful. Brightness, movement, brilliance, music, applause in the background, people calling your name, add everything to it, make it more intense. Then proceed to double it for the next gear and so on. The key is to spend the time making it memorable and recallable and then name it after a gear or a state. This, for those who do some NLP, may remember this as a form of anchoring. The application of this is twofold. First, you can use this in preparation for an event. Before meeting someone or a situation, rehearse the alpha dude that is you in the event, being successful, moving through the gears as required. Then, during the event, imagine you are going through the gears 
during the scenario itself. This will soon become second nature, but in the meantime, this is very powerful, and people have done amazing things using this method. I know someone who has done this and ended up performing on stage while he could not even speak to classmates at school due to fear. Remember, strong mental rehearsal and memorable recall are key. If you use this exercise and take on board all of the Alpha Dude system, there comes a stage where all that's in the way is yourself. These roadblocks will be addressed later, but there is something else. To really fulfill your potential means that you will act differently than how you have been in the past. And this has two repercussions. First, it is uncomfortable to think that your interactions with people you know will be different. And that might seem weird. The other factor is that if you do actually try it out, you may have in the back of your mind, will it work? In response to the second hesitation, the workability of this is not debatable. The real issue is will you dedicate yourself to the changes? If you go about this half-heartedly, I can tell you that the changes you make will be small and are not what you're after. This is where you have to go all out on a limb and make some things happen. The root of doubt starts with using negative images and thoughts about the negative outcomes. If you think about trying to be an alpha dude and you feel discouraged because you'll be called out on it, then it's a good thing. Firstly, your mind is trying to protect you. Secondly, your mind is powerful enough to make you sick. Perhaps you thought that you were failing in public and saw other people were reacting negatively. Was it a picture? Whatever it was, analyze it. Chances are, if you really felt sick at the prospect, then the image in your mind of potential failure would be large and vivid. The premise here is to kill that old image, then utilize the potential power of visualization in promoting yourself. This is where the exercises truly come into their own. If our mind is powerful enough to do all of these things for the negative, what could it do if it worked for you? Back to the first question, what will others think of you changing? I have to admit that this is one of the bigger problems that people face when changing. Society likes conformity and deviation is seen as an aberration. So to change how you present yourself is scary stuff. Realize though, that to make all of the changes that I mean, means that you will have to take time to do so. Take them a step at a time. There are two parts to this. Number one, always remember, what someone thinks of you is none of your business. And number two, what is it that you're really scared of? What someone thinks of you, as I mentioned, is none of your business. If someone thinks something about you, it cannot affect you unless this is conveyed through some form of action, which it rarely is, which makes you realize that it's just their thoughts. Emotionally, you may respond to the event, and modern psychology agrees that the individual 
has no control over this. However, physiologically, it is believed we have indirect control, and behaviorally, we have complete control, if that makes sense. Basically, this means that if someone thinks you're fake because you changed something about yourself and you hear this through a friend, you may feel angry, your heart rate may increase, and hey, you might even punch them. If you feel anger, this is understandable and it's a learned behavior. While this may not be controllable at the moment, one can be conditioned to react differently to such situations and also to short-circuit emotions to a more resourceful state. If your heart rate increases, you can relax and watch it decrease. If you choose to punch the individual, then you may get in trouble, and that is a conscious choice. Now you have the options. Use some sort of exercise to bypass the negative emotions and short-circuit them. Learn relaxation and powerful ways to control your body. Realize that you're in control and visualize what you want to happen beforehand. In any situation, you may imagine that you are going to work on your altitude, your body language, today simply by changing your posture. Visualize that you will have a great day and how it will go. Account for annoying people that want to have a go at you. Then utilize principles to combat negativity. For example, by taking a relaxed and cool attitude, if anyone has anything negative to say to you, you can simply laugh at them and maybe call them a pet name like sweetheart and notice how they back down. If they keep coming back and they keep getting knocked back by yourself, eventually they'll realize that you are powerful. If they come back in seriousness, you can say something cute like, whoa, tell me, really sweetheart, what's wrong? Anything you want to talk about today? Mixing in humor and seriousness is an art that makes the other person look like a tool. And like comedy, if you talk about it in an educational context like this, it comes across completely weird. But soon people start to get the message. And soon these people also start to back down. Anyway, back to the point. Prepare for situations beforehand prevents poor performance. Beforehand, try relaxation exercises and focus on the way you move physically. This will help you come upon new situations that cause physiological shifts. Finally, regarding your actions, remember this is your universe and you don't have to have your instincts like punching people already just because they annoy you. Reframe it so the other guy is some sort of victim, some sort of person who is deserving of pity and they are just angry at the world. From this pity frame or maybe framing the other person as some absolute loser who has constantly failed at everything and is simply a tryhard, you can control your life and how it works by partly affecting what happens to you and ultimately directing others and how they respond to you. This is all done through prior planning and in you controlling the frame. Now, what are you really scared of? A little bit of social dynamics here. 
Remember the alpha male, the concept taken from nature with the wild wolves and the leader being the alpha male. This male is dominant because he can kick ass. The, this means he gets the spoils of everything. He's top of the food chain, etc., etc. It's generally a great place to be. When challenged by another, the wolf challenger better have his A game or else he'll get beaten or maybe even killed. However, if the challenger wins, the pack will have their new alpha male. In humans, though, we have social constructs. This is why I do not support being an alpha male 100%. We are not wolves. We share some similar characteristics, but at the end of the day, we are very different because we have so many different aspects, starting with society constructs. I mean, society is built on a set of norms and standards that have been developed throughout history, affected by culture and technology, and this is ever-changing. These complex rules of actions and interactions means that those who commit crimes can be sent to jail, that things like, say, sexual harassment goes punished, and other standards. More technically, there are social dynamics, how people interact with each other on an individual level. Different cultures have different norms, but the gaps are closing down due to factors like globalization. Social dynamics is easy enough if you've had a high school education. Watch how the cool kids act. Watch the nerds who get bullied. Watch any movie and see how the director manipulates social dynamics to showcase human interactions, which may resemble reality, or often it's distantly removed. But in any case, books are written on the subject. For all the purposes you need to understand is that people have different motivations. And people are motivated by two primary things. And you've heard it before, I'm sure. People are motivated to pursue pleasure or avoid pain. To do so, they conform with society norms. This is why you are where you are. It's easier to sit down and shut your mouth and open it up and let everyone think you're a fool. If you stick out, people will notice you and they'll often give you negative attention. What you need to understand is that social dynamics are the powerful factor that play a big part in making you where you are today. So what can you do with this? The best advice I could say is simply learn to manipulate social dynamics. Now this is not manipulating people. Manipulating social dynamics the guy who struts into the room having all the attention and people coming up to hang out with him is the social alpha male. If you modeled that guy, could you evoke similar responses from others? How to model him? Again, as I mentioned, we will discuss NLP in future, but for the short course, notice the four A's and take on the parts you notice that are making him successful in that endeavor. You have to study how people act, why they get accepted or rejected, what leaders do, how people react in different contexts. This is the part where mastery really kicks in. You have to learn this by yourself. Books help, but life experience is essential. You need to find out for yourself 
how this society we live in, how it ticks, contrast it to other societies, and then with this knowledge, model those you admire or aspects of their behavior. This may sound like mimicry or even a cop-out, but you only know how to walk because you modeled someone, as the same for talking, maths, etc. The great thing is that being a free adult is that you have abilities and freedoms to choose what you want. Why not apply this to how you actually live your life? If you step out there and you really apply this, really learn about social interactions and start to master them, how much richer will your life be? So what are you really scared of? You are scared that social constructs hold you up to a level that you feel compelled to follow. Understanding society is the first step. Using the tools that I've mentioned is the second. And actually getting out there and doing it is the third and final. And by the way, it's the only step that will get you the results in life. So here are a few things that you can learn by observing social constructs. This is hardly exhaustive, but you probably know them already. However, knowing them is not enough. Understanding their importance and working with them, or you're just like the dude who knows the lucky lotto numbers but didn't buy the ticket. This is your ticket. Remember, learn what the rules are first. Then they can be bent or broken, perhaps through modeling how others do this and then changing them to suit you. So the list, some examples of social constructs. Males and females procreate. There are set patterns before this interaction can take place and set conditions so males may interact with other males as competitors in some cases and may interact in a way to impress the girl in a bid that they might be able to procreate with them. Another one, if you're walking towards a person, you can't do weird things like, say, stare at their crutch, can you? I mean, unless if the person is your partner or there's a private joke, it might be acceptable. So the social constructs, they're not set in stone. Realize the exceptions and the things that make them exceptional. Another one, when a person is telling a story, then the ending is unexpected or using a linguistic pattern, it becomes a joke. Like I said before, as soon as you talk about humor, it's not funny. But an example, I was out the other day with this 18-year-old. Pity she is a cat. The whole story conjures up images of one situation made up with mental images only to be replaced with another to change the meaning, which, although as I mentioned before in this example, it's a crap joke, is meant to make the story humorous. Another one. When I was a child, I noticed that my older, smarter brother had a way to talk to my mum and she would stop being angry and start laughing instead. You can bet as soon as I understood this, I modeled his behavior. And after a few tweaks, I had this magical power over mum as well. So these are some simple and easy things that we're aware of unconsciously. Just realizing that they exist consciously means that we are more 
aware of what's going on. Later on, we'll talk about a bit of hypnosis, which for those who are listening might notice I jump around a little bit. This is not because of poor presentation or grammar. This is actually introducing some aspects of that into communication. But all you have to know for now is that hypnosis is basically communicating to the unconscious mind, bypassing the conscious. If we limit how much gets bypassed, we can learn to avoid the social hypnosis that takes place and start to make changes on a big level. Look, this is quite advanced and you can read entire books on the subject. But honestly, save your time. Realize what its practical application is for in how there is a social hypnosis, how it affects you and other people, and how you can combat it. When we talk about our attitude, we refer to a way of thinking or feeling about something. And when we apply it to ourselves, we look at two concepts, self-esteem and self-confidence. Self-esteem is how you feel about yourself overall with a subjective metric of self-love or positive regard. Self-confidence is context-dependent because it focuses on one's abilities to specific situations. Awareness of these is crucial to understanding ourselves and the system overall. And here to help us with this is anxiety specialist and hypnotherapist Richard Scott. I guess it would come down to the concept of self-esteem versus self-confidence and how they both need to be solid concepts. Okay, as a human, uh, we have great strengths, we have great weaknesses. Our weaknesses, the areas of ourselves that we feel aren't as good as we could be or perhaps we compare them to others. So working on those weaknesses can build a solid foundation of self-esteem, a baseline that you can then add the confidence to. If that baseline, that foundation falters, it's not strong enough, then everything you add to it will come crumbling down afterwards. The real confidence begins when we have that underlying self-belief to push, to enhance, to raise our own skills and abilities and attributes beyond a normal baseline without fear of failure, success, or being rejected or compared. If you simply push your own skills, you can be physically excellent at something. You can possibly enter into new levels or abilities, but then you'll have no self-belief to apply those skills or to cope if you fail to achieve whatever your goal was. If you work on self-belief and self-esteem without then adding the confidence, you become comfortable within yourself, but you can sometimes stagnate fail to accede to those new levels. So the real trick is to notice exactly what's holding you back, to identify that ball and chain that's fixed around your ankle, dragging you backwards or stopping you from going forwards fast enough, and then to eliminate it. And that's where the, the deep self-esteem work and releasing the past emotional baggage comes in. Once that ball and chain's released, you can just go on to using a mirroring, modeling, creating alternative thought, feeling and reaction techniques to enhance those confidence levels, and then you'll reach bigger, better, and stronger results. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.
If you liked the podcast so far, you will love Michael Pulser's new book coming out soon, Alpha Dude Personal Upgrade. In this text, we look deeper at the Alpha Dude system with many not-seen-before tools and techniques which will upgrade you so you can fulfill your potential. Stay tuned for details.